0: The Acunet Mortgage & Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender at ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from, but still affiliated with, Acunet Mortgage.
1: Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage & Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage & Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
0: Well, good morning. It's good to be back here after
1: a three-week
0: uh, Packer-induced hiatus. I'm Brian Wickert, Majority Owner and President of Acunet Mortgage and also Licensed Real Estate Broker at uh, Acunet Realty Advisors. Joined this morning by Jerry Circuitich, one of our other three managing owners and Senior Vice President and Senior Loan Consultant, even though he is nowhere close to being a senior citizen. I got <laughs> thank, that. thank you, you for that that's right <laughs> if you have a comment or a question you can get a hold of us by phone or text on the academic mortgage talking text line 414 799-1620 so Jerry a lots happened in the last three weeks we were talking before we lit this candle and started the show probably the most uh, newsworthy thing relative to financial markets and interest rates is the Fed cutting rates so mm-hmm. does that mean that all interest rates have gone down Jerry?
2: No, it does not, Brian, and no. you're right. That is something we should touch on because it's very topical. And most of our consumers, you know, home buyers, those that are thinking about refinancing, saw that announcement yeah. and, and immediately thought, "What? <laughs> hey, can I drop my rate a quarter percent? Because yeah. that's the Fed cut
0: two interest rates. The Fed only has the capability to cut two rates: the discount rate, which right. I had to look up the d- definition of. That's the interest rate that the Fed charges banks." If a bank wants to borrow directly from the Fred and that's at 2.5 and then they also regulate the interest rate that banks charge each other overnight, Right. so we're not even talking 24 hours. Right. Very short term. Right. Well, it's not even 12 hours. I mean, well, maybe 12. All right. And that dropped down to a range of between 1.75 and 2% second cut in as many months uh, for those short term rates, but what consumer rate Jerome does get impacted immediately by those federal
2: reserve moves the one that is is most notable is the prime rate oh the prime rate and that is used for home equity lines of credit right. uh, which is what most uh, you know the, the folks that we're talking about are most impacted by yep and then what else well credit cards uh, auto loans yeah. m- many of the consumer type loans okay so but the, not mortgage rates. not not
0: the 30-year fixed rate
2: because you see folks
0: Overnight is the way short end of the spectrum, and 30 years, which is three decades, is pretty far on the other end. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, in fact, though, the, the 30-year fixed rate is up a little bit since the Fed cut, which is totally counterintuitive. Correct. Probably the best uh, article I read was right around when they dipped to their nadir, which mm. is the low point. mm Okay. Ah, uh, yep, yeah. new vocab word for you there. Right. Word and of it, the day. Word of the day. And uh and the, it was from the JP Morgan Chase head of domestic bond hedging. I mean, mm. so this guy drinks, sleeps and breathes interest rates on US items <laughs> right. all day. And he was saying, "You know what? I kind of think that interest rates are about a quarter point too low." And the reason was, he said, "computerized trading." Mm. Everybody's computer model in August when the stock uh, portfolio managers and money managers were all clutching their chest over what. The trade.
2: Well, the trade war. Yeah. The trade yeah. war. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. And so stocks were sliding down and everybody was like selling stocks and buying in particular U.S. Treasury bonds, mm-hmm. which are yeah. sympathetic. They don't, are not directly tied. I always chuckle when I read the Wall Street Journal says, oh, the 10-year treasury yield, which uh, is the benchmark used to set mortgage rates for 30 or fifty. No, 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 no. They are not <laughs> directly tied. They are sympathetic and they move in the same direction, typically, but not in exact harmony right and so anyway that yield on the 10-year treasury which is kind of easier to talk about that thing reached a low point of 1.43 on about september 5th mm-hmm. shot up then to as high as 1.9 so a half percent increase since we had our last show and now has since settled down to about 1.69 at the end of the day this week all
2: right pretty so. close to what this uh yeah this article exactly. had, had reported the chase the trader guy. who is uh, in the know
0: all right so here's a quick thing of what this means so if you're carrying a $50,000 balance on your home equity line of credit and your rate just went from 5 and a quarter that was the old prime rate down to 5% you're going to save 10 bucks a month hmm. on your interest the interest expense is going to go from 218 down to 208 Credit card rates also tied to the prime rate. What do you think? I looked this up, and I didn't ask you this beforehand. What do you think the average credit card rate is if you've got excellent credit in America? Excellent credit, uh, yeah, twelve to fourteen percent. You boom! Wow, (laughs) Jerry the (laughs) Savant, thirteen point six. That's according to Wallet Hub's credit card landscape report. Now, if you convert that, um, fifty grand. That you're carrying on your home equity line at 5%. Let's say not everybody gets to borrow at 5 Right, Right.
2: Right at the prime rate. True. Depends on your equity level, yeah. depends on your credit profile. Yep. So you so might far. be
0: at five and a half, six. 6, who knows? Right. But let's just say 5. Um, and you converted that over to a 3.9930 or fixed, which is what we could offer with no points if you're taking cash out to consolidate. Mm-hmm. So this is the idea of refinancing your first mortgage and using it to um, pay, consolidate the balance that. on your home equity line. Uh, your payment would go up 30 bucks a month. But that's because you're starting to pay principal. In fact, you're starting to pay $72 of principal a month by converting it from that interest only, meaning it never goes away, to the amortizing. And, uh, and, and very, it might add variable rate. Correct. correct. That's right. That's right. So now I did one other quick one before we take this break. What if you had a $100,000 first mortgage at a rate of 3.5? So you're thinking, oh, I don't want to give that up. You got $50,000 on a home equity line at five and a half. And let's say you got another eight grand on a credit card at 13.6. A lot of people are paralyzed because they don't want to give up the three and a half on the first mortgage. When we come back from this break, I will reveal whether or not it was a good idea for this person uh, to pull the trigger and consolidate it all. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home
1: buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
0: All right, we are back, and I'm here with Jerry Circuitich this morning, our Senior Vice President, Senior Loan Consultant, all-around great guy, sometimes host of the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show. Yes. Former real estate broker yourself. Indeed. Yeah. That's right.
2: And it's, it's great to be back here with
0: you. Yeah, good. All right, so we, right before uh, the break, we're talking about how, hey, interest rates are still good, not quite as low as they were at the beginning of, of this month, at the beginning of September, but still plenty good enough to help people do what financial professionals call a balance sheet restructuring. In other words, take a look at all your debt. And uh, so the example that I threw out there is you got 100 grand on your first mortgage at a trophy rate of three and a half. You got a home equity line balance at 50 grand at five and a half, one half over prime. And let's say you're carrying $8,000 on a credit card at the average national rate of 13.6. People don't walk around with their calculators out, but we do. (laughs) Jerry doesn't have it on his hip, but uh, the weighted average rate. Uh, On that, in other words, you take how big is the balance in relation to the interest rate, that person is paying 4.64% as a weighted average rate. So if we can consolidate all that together on a 30-year fixed rate at 3.99, why wouldn't you? Plus, you're going to start to chip away at maybe some of those balances that you weren't really chipping away on.
2: Correct. Like the home equity line, I think you pointed out, it's an interest-only payment. That's right. You know, yeah. So you're not doing anything to reduce principal. And, and, yeah, that's a powerful. And I the other point I will make, or when I'm talking to someone, is confirm that it, they're not viewing that other debt as short-term debt. Right. In right. other words, if yeah, they you don't have a plan to pay that off next week. Off, right. If they have a plan to pay, yep. pay it off in 12 months or yeah. in a very short time frame, they may be better to stay the course. But. Right. That's not the case. Like with this example, and with many, we. That's talk. right.
0: That's yeah. So we're not gonna we're gonna try to help you make a smart financial decision. All right. So then, um, you were saying you were looking at our show from a year ago.
2: Yes. Yes. This was interesting. I think uh, I think most will find it interesting. A year ago, this was um, early October. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article: mortgage rates fast approaching five percent. A fresh blow to the housing market. A fresh blow. Yes. In the lead paragraph, indicated that rates were at their highest level in more than seven years, at uh, nearly five percent. The Freddie Mac weekly surveyed rate, which we reference quite often, four point nine percent in early October, three point six four this past Thursday. Okay.
0: If you're willing to pay six tenths
2: of a point. Six tenths of a point. Exactly. That comes never reported. Correct. Uh, but, yeah, that that is the, the headline. So we're over a percent lower,
0: and that was not predicted. In fact, you know, the prediction going into the end of last year was that rates were going to be around 5% all this year and trending higher. Cool. Here we are now in the mid to high threes, which is fantastic. Um, just by the way, I pulled up the newest Fannie Mae forecast for uh, 2020. Okay. You, I mean, you haven't seen it because yeah. I have got it on my separate screen here. What do you think they're predicting for the third year for all, it happens to be the same number for the entire year 2020 uh, 4.25 3.4 3. Mm. Wow from their lips to God's ears is what we like to say. All about right. That. Now remember these are the same economists that said it was going to be a five. And In now, 2019 it's, yeah, yeah that's this right. year so eh, like weather forecasters not always the most accurate um, I was mentioning to you before we started the show today that you know I had a past customer call up and has a little over half million dollar balance uh, at, at a fixed rate of 30 years at 3.875 but lucky enough that he makes a lot of money he's getting he a big bonus and he's like Brian I'm thinking about paying it off or maybe I should pay it down or you know what should I do mm-hmm and so I crunched some of the numbers and I ended up, um, coaching him that why don't you let us take, instead of paying it all at once off, mm-hmm. right? This is called highest and best use of your cash. I said, why don't we go to a 15 year fixed at 3.5 and then you're going to pay it off aggressively, but you're going to kind of dollar cost average your way out of the debt, which
2: allows him to do what? Well, to invest. Yeah. You know I mean, because 3.5% long-term fixed, fixed rate right. is inexpensive money. That's right. Plus,
0: on a 15-year fixed, 60% of your first monthly payment is going towards, or maybe it's 58, it's, it's over half, oh, wow. It's going towards principal. Correct. So you're really minimizing your interest expense as well. So, you know, a lot of people think, if you listen to Dave Spano on Annex, Wealth Management, dollar cost average into the market, I'm going to invest $1,000 every month. Right. You're going to dollar cost average your way out of this cheap debt and allow that half a million dollars to work for you in the market. All right, when Correct. we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the state of uh, the housing market here in southeastern Wisconsin. You are listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ.
1: Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ.
0: And this morning, Jerry Circuitich joins me on the show. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about the current state of the housing market in southeastern Wisconsin. Because if you read some of the national stories, it'll tell you that, oh, it's flipped to a buyer's market, meaning they're uh, is more supply and not as much demand, you know. Maybe if you're talking in California or who knows where else, but like the coast. Yeah, all real estate is local, mm-hmm. and so you, you were call, you were quoting that same article, uh, talking about the 4.99 rate last year, right. a year ago, and what did they say about the housing market? The
2: well, it, it indicated that that five uh, percent, nearly five percent interest rate level. Could uh, uh, determine many home buyers uh, out, you know, in terms of their uh, proclivity their proclivity desire. to buy yeah. and represented another setback for the then slumping housing market, this as the Wall Street slumping. Journal called it uh, right. a year ago.
0: Well, all right. So even when you're talking about southeastern Wisconsin, uh, it's not all one market, both geographically and price rise. Why? So I was talking with Paula Langloy yesterday, or on Friday, I guess that's two days ago. She is one of Shore West's top agents. And if not the top agent, she has many years been the top agent in Brookfield and Waukesha. And she was recounting that uh, she was involved in a transaction recently, earlier in September. Ho- home was priced in the 400s and had <clears throat> six competing offers. Wow. Yeah. And that's what we've seen all spring, all summer. So much for a buyer's market. So much, not, not a buyer's market. And I mentioned, I think, uh, before we uh, took our last break, I've got a client who is relocating from Nina, Wisconsin, and is going to be looking in Waukesha. And so he was surprised and shocked when I said, "Now, are you going to try to write an offer mm. on a Waukesha County home before you sell? Or you know, are, are, are you going to have to, yeah?" Before you sell your Nina property. In other words, are you going to write a contingent offer? I will buy your home in Waukesha as soon as I sell my home in Nina. He said, Well, yeah. So well, you aren't going to get any accepted offers. Not in the <laughs> two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollar price range that you're looking in because somebody else is going to have an offer that's not contingent and then it's easy to say, Now just think about that. When you're selling your home in Nina, you've got two offers. One that says, Yeah, I'll buy it as soon as I sell my house, and another one says, I'll buy it right now. That's an easy decision.
2: Where it's something you mention a lot, or I do, uh, to someone like this, you put yourself in the shoes of the seller. You know yeah. what? Because you will be a seller very soon. That's and, right. And presented with those, in, in, in your example here, six competing offers, yeah. it's likely at least one is going to be non-contingent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If not five. <laughs> right. You're going to be the
0: only guy contingent. So we talked about possibly doing a bridge loan, or I ran the numbers actually this morning, and he could afford to buy a $190,000 home, if he doesn't sell his home in Nina first, but then if he does sell in Nina first, or we are, mm, then then he could buy like a three hundred thousand dollar home. Hmm. So, what I'm another thing that was an eye opener for him is I said, maybe you come down here since you're new to the area, and rent for six months. He goes like, really? You could rent for six months somewhere? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think you could. Or maybe, I didn't say this to him yet. I will when I talk to him again on Monday maybe you go and stay in a Homewood Suites, just pack up your stuff from your home because you're like, I really don't want to move twice. And I'm thinking, okay, you're a single guy, you're 57 years old like me, how much stuff do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Probably too much. Probably too much. But at least, you know, get the moving company to store it for a month or two. And and then, you know, you're not quite as under the gun and you'll be in a much better position. Mm -hmm. Plus, maybe you'll get to look around a little bit
2: Yeah. And many leasing companies, I I believe, offer a six month? Well, even a monthly, a three month, a monthly, certainly six month. They may charge a bit of a premium to the rent, but in a case like this, it may be worth paying a slightly higher premium for that monthly rent to have that flexibility. So you know let's let's we're coming up here on the news break and let's talk about his situation a little bit more
0: because I think it is instructive as a 57 year old single guy you know he was thinking I'm gonna roll all my equity over and then I want a 15 year fixed on my new house because I want to get this debt paid off again we had an interesting conversation we'll tell you about (laughs) that
1: uh, when we come back Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
0: I think we used to do this song. I don't know what it <laughs> is means. that right. A producer can tell us what it is, but I love this song back in the day. Uh, anyway, so we're talking about the relocating home shopper, a seller up in the Fox Valley, and then coming down here mm-hmm. uh, to hopefully buy in Waukesha County. So I shot him some numbers this morning. And, uh, I showed him, this is another interesting thing I showed him. Oh, cause remember his kind of in his head was, Hey, I'm in my late fifties. I, th- I think I want to roll all my equity from my old house into the new house and then get this mortgage paid off. Right. And I said, okay, great. I mean, maybe by taking a 15 year fix on it, that mm-hmm. is fine. We will help you do that. However, consider that you're in your late fifties. You ain't getting it paid off by the time you actually retire. Correct. You know, if you retire in your late 60s, that mortgage will still be out there with that larger 15-year fixed payment. Just a good rule of thumb, if you're looking at a 15-year versus a Mm -hmm. 30-year loan, the payment, even though the rate is lower on a 15-year, is still 35% higher. So my question for you is, if you retire and you're still in this house, do you want the big payment or the little payment? And I said, here's another thing you can do. We'll give you the 30-year. Yes, the interest rate's going to be three-eighths of a percent higher. Right. Knock yourself out while you're still working. If you want to pay it down, I'll show you the payment to make as a 15-year. Mm-hmm. But then when you retire, you can ease back to the third year. You would have thought I would have just given him the Rosetto Stone.
2: Yeah, that, well, and that's, people aren't thinking about this What's every this day like, like you, right. like you and I do. That's right. He's a computer guy, not a mortgage guy. So this is about flexibility. And why wouldn't you... Brian, this is something may help too. Some people may be thinking, well, I want to go with the 15 year now and then 10 years from now when I'm ready to retire, I'll just refinance into a 30 year fixed. (laughs) Why might not? Why might not
0: that be good? Because we might be at the nadir, which is the low point (laughs) of interest rates. And we don't know where interest
2: rates are going to be six, seven years from now. And what
0: if your income is such that you can't qualify
2: you know? right so yeah the ability to qualify and, and we don't know what rates are, are going to be ten years from now much less you know a year from now that's right as as illustrated by the predictions we right. referred to earlier in the, the show
0: very bad predictions <laughs> right. from
2: the uh, expert economists. right
0: so yeah this way we can give you certainty yeah is there a little bit extra interest rate cut yeah but the flexibility a lot of people value they mm-hmm. just don't realize that they value it so that was one good suggestion and then here's another interesting thing in his particular case, because his credit isn't in the top notch uh, area, it's in the third best area, um, and because he's in a sales job where he gets a base salary mm-hmm. plus commission he just started okay. a couple months ago, I can't use his commission income anyway, right, because he doesn't have a
2: track record. That's right. right. Underwriting guidelines will require, generally speaking, two, two years. And we might be able to get away with one. Correct. <laughs> but in his case... Doesn't
0: matter, he's only been there two years, so I'm stuck using his base salary, which happens to be low enough that he Mm. still qualifies for the reduced lower income limits on Fannie Mae's fabulous home-ready 30-year fixed-rate loan. Very nice. Which also happens to reward or give better pricing. This is counterintuitive. He's better off putting 19.5% down Mm. than Mm -hmm. 20% down, and that that is another mind-blower for people. Right. Until you put it side-by-side side yeah, for them. Which I, which I just did here. You mm-hmm. can't see it on my screen, but I gave them, hey, here's it, and I said 15% down. Oh, I don't want to pay PMI is the other objection. Right. You know what? Get over it because <laughs> you're going to get better pricing. So here's the upshot. 15% down, uh, and I was doing on a $250,000 home. Uh, if he puts 15% down, his payment's going to be 1443 and he'll need uh, $42,000 to, to buy the house down okay. payment closing costs all that if he puts 20% down oh by the way and loan costs twelve hundred and fifty bucks okay if he puts 20% down now all of a sudden he's subject to a big penalty that if he wanted to keep the rate the same at three point nine nine now all of a sudden you have to pay four grand in closing costs so twenty seven hundred and fifty bucks more light that money on fire you know it's and, gone,
2: and that's because Fannie Mae is willing to pay a little bit more to service the loan with the protection of uh, the PMI. The PMI. That's right. It makes it safer for Fannie Mae. That's, right. That's the
0: technical reason of why. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, and in this payment's only hundred bucks more. Okay. okay. So, so here's the other quick math: fifteen thousand dollar difference in cash needed to buy between the twenty um, percent down versus fifteen. If mm-hmm. you just t- put took that fifteen grand, put it in a shoebox. He could take out the $100 payment difference every month for Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> 150 payments.
2: You did not even use your calculator uh, no, for
0: that. It's 12.5 <laughs> years. Right. And then and then by the way the PMI is going to drop off after about 4 years so that'll narrow the payment difference down to 60 bucks. So we're going to talk about that with right. him tomorrow. And then he's got that money, you know, I'm like, maybe you could put that in an IRA because he would qualify right now at his reduced income for a Roth IRA. We'll leave that to the Spano and uh, sure. Tony Drake. But, you know, he qualifies to stick that in a Roth IRA, and then that can grow tax-free
2: over the next right how many years? Right. Now, and Were you showing him, Brian, a, a monthly mortgage yeah, insurance? monthly okay. mortgage insurance, yeah. Versus a single premium. Just because it would go away in
0: 4.3 years. Mm -hmm. Sure. All right. When we come back, let's uh, talk about condos. Because you were saying you talked to somebody this last week who was buying a new construction condo, which is always a little more tricky than you might
2: think. Yes. Condos. Yep. And what else? Uh, well, you had another oh. uh, interesting situation. Accessory Oh, no Accessory dwelling units raising its ugly head again. And then right. we can talk about um, you know millennial home buyers. Are yeah. they buying
0: homes? Or are they not? Oh, my God, yeah. All right, all that and more when we come back. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ.
1: Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right,
0: we're back. I'm here with uh, Jerry Cirkitich, senior vice president, managing owner of VacuNet, and uh, he's going to share a story in just a second about a condo buyer he talked to this week. Speaking of condo sales, condo sales so far this year in the five county metropolitan area, uh, according to the Multiple Listing Service, are down six point nine percent on a count basis you know how many that's Mm -hmm. 188 fewer condos that have changed hands for the first eight months that would make it about 23 fewer condo sales per month Uh, listings are down 4.5 percent that's 155 fewer listings so that is a tighter market than the single-family detached market I think it's because of all of us uh, baby boomers Jerry so Mm
2: -hmm. what's the story on your uh, buyer well, since you're uh, referencing condominiums here, it's important, I think, to share again, and we've talked about this before on the show, but when buying a condominium, we not only have to uh, underwrite the income, employment, credit uh, profile of the borrower, the buyer, yeah. the buyer yeah. borrower, uh, but also then that condominium association. What? You're right, and, and the health of that association. Is it solvent? Are they putting enough money away for reserves and so forth? But beyond that, the first cut is really, is this an established uh-huh, project uh-huh. or one that is either new, just newly, newly built or, or, or still recently. under construction yeah, what and was subject the case to additional of? phasing? And in the case that I had here, this one happened to be, when I, when I asked the question, which is always important right up front, mentioned it was new construction. In this case, we were okay, ah. because all of the buildings, this, this gentleman is buying in the last building. Okay, so he's in at the tail end of this kind of development, which is safer for Cor- him and for Fannie Mae. Correct. Tail end of the development, literally he's buying in the last building that was constructed. And this was... think it was 14 total buildings all two unit buildings so not a real large project
0: so 28 units and he's in the last building so all the rest of the buildings were built what about the any common area any clubhouse or anything like that no this one
2: this one was simpler because it was a smaller project so they didn't have the 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 common areas a clubhouse and pool and so forth okay but Um, if you did if you did all of that would need to be complete as well okay
0: and then how many units have to be sold
2: well, it, it's a percentage. I mean, in this case, it was over ninety percent. What's the sold he, and closed? Sold and closed. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, if ninety percent or more are sold and closed, you are in the good bucket of a existing condominium.
2: Right, and there are always you know exceptions, but it's a it's a it's just important to know that if you're looking at condominiums and you come across a unit that you really like in one of these. Newer, newer
0: kind of, who wouldn't want a newer one? I mean, right.
2: it's beautiful, right? Right, and yeah. there are other alternatives to financing too. What we're talking about is the fact that the the conventional thirty-year 30 year fixed fix. rate right. that most people think of and want may not be available right away if you're buying in a, a condominium project mm-hmm. that doesn't meet Fannie Mae's uh, standards of warrantability. I had one uh, earlier this year
0: where a retired uh, couple, again thinking about paying cash, but their financial advisor connected them with me. And we said, whoa, 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 let's do a 15-year fixed again, Mm -hmm. right? Don't pay it all down at once and let your financial advisor keep that money invested. And then by putting 30% down, we have a um, portfolio bank who doesn't sell their 15-year fixed rate loans to Fannie or Freddie. And so then they were this is a slam dunk. We'd love Mm -hmm. to do it, blah, blah, blah so a 15-year fix can be a solution also an adjustable rate mortgage where the interest rate is only fixed for the first five seven or ten years can sometimes be a solution again because those loans don't necessarily always get sold to fannie mae and freddie mac
2: and most of these banks are not willing to hold a 30-year fixed rate on their balance sheet
0: and then lastly uh the other thing that can come into play when you're buying a condo of either stripe either new or existing is that down payment threshold where we have to get nosier. And so on a primary residence, what's that down payment minimum where we we
2: have to do a full review? Oh five uh, percent. So so oh, if less if, than if, 10. less than ten. So less if you're if you're investing a five well, correct, yeah. Eight or 9% nine percent would fall 9. into that bucket right. as well. God right. sakes, put the extra but once you get to a ten percent down payment, then you down. can avoid that full yeah. condo review, which right. which does involve more of getting probing the and probing prodding. minutes of the, the last meeting, the yeah. condo bu- budgets and so which forth. by the
0: way let the record show if you're buying a condo you should be looking at that stuff anyway you should be looking at the budget and, and trying to assess hey have these people been has this association been setting aside enough money to put the new roof on and the new windows and mm-hmm. you know repave the parking lot because the natural human condition is to assume that they've been doing a fabulous job but guess what folks not every condo association is well run correct and so if you're buying even if you're paying cash you should take a look at this. stuff. I have a blog. If you if you Google uh, uh, Acunet Condo or Acunet Condominiums, you will find my blog post on the ins and outs of condo financing. Mm-hmm. All right. When we come back, uh, we've got a cool article here that Jerry found from U.S. News and World Reports, the seven upgrades that will attract first-time millennial homebuyers. We'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ.
1: Helping you find a place to call home. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ.
0: Joined this morning by Jerry Circutich, our Senior Vice President and one of our managing owners. Thanks for doing the show today, Jerry. Happy to. Always a great time. and oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun times. We're just here to help people, you know, do a better job at uh, either managing their mortgage, mortgages, Do a better job, you know, take advantage of the equity. I saw one article this week, or maybe it was last week, talking about how there's record equity now in people's homes, but we're not tapping it like we did in the last uh, boom cycle of 2006 and 2007, which is fine. Not yet. (laughs) Not (laughs) yet. We're happy to help you consider that. It's not for everybody. You should do it judiciously. Generally, my rule of thumb on taking cash out is if you're going to. Extinguish debt or combined debt that you have no chance of chipping away at, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that's fine. Remodeling, certainly, Mm -hmm. because, you know, Warren Buffett's old uh, bromide is that you should match the term of the debt to the term of the asset that you're financing. So if you're doing remodel, that's going to last 30 years. Fine. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and take cash out and do that. Don't take cash out to buy a car. The car is not, and then finance it over, you know, 30 or 15 years. Why? Because the car's not going to last that long. Right. Right? All right. So that's one thing. But you found this cool article in uh, the U.S. News and World Report by one Deanna Haas, mm-hmm. and talking about the seven home upgrades that will more than likely attract first-time millennial home buyers And
2: yeah. let's kind of debate these one well, at a time. Well, at, and at what, what kind of caught my interest, too, Brian, initially, you in know, the seven uh, you know, upgrades are interesting, and we're going to get to those. But the first thing that caught my eye was that that the you know, we hear a lot about how millennials are not forming, oh. you know, and not buying horse homes, hockey. Form, exactly, they are out in droves, folks. Correct. So definitely a, a misconception. This article rep, uh, referenced the Realtor. dot com analysis published earlier in the year. That uh, millennials were actually accounting for more than forty percent of all new home loans. I would believe that. Yeah, I bet
0: you if we looked at our data, that would be on purchase transactions. True, because they're not going to be cash buyers. Some Curl. of your uh, baby boomers are many cash buyers. All right. So, item number one that I thought was interesting: smart home technology, whole house connectivity, controlling the thermostats, sound, and lighting. Right. You oh, have that?
2: Alarm systems. All yeah. this stuff now. No, I, I, I do not but I think I wish I would.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Probably need a millennial to install it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Item number two, this makes
0: sense to me, gathering spaces, spaces to gather, entertain, watch a game, so kind of open concept.
2: Right, and they like to to have their all their friends over. Yeah. And one of the, the points uh, also mentioned a video game. Oh, uh, young, gaming center? Maybe a gaming center, a gaming oh. room or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, th- uh, this next one is Dumb. Well, it's so simple inexpensive. U- USB chargers, yeah. really? But but I think when a millennial is walking through a home and they see USB chargers in the kitchen or in the... Is this like bed- something you install in the socket? Well, a lot of them are now in, as part of the outlet. You know, where you really? plug in an outlet, oh, you can... You, okay. have a so USB. like on the
0: plane, back in I flew on Delta, and they had that kind of combination thing in the seat, which I thought was
2: really right. cool for the AC or the USB. It's becoming more expected, I think, in a lot of areas. I happened to golf yesterday. Uh, it was a little chilly, but a great yeah, day yeah. for golf. The golf cart had, kind of had the, the USB. USB.
0: All right, all right, all right. I, I retract that. So, I
2: think that's stupid. And, remark, and, then. Well, and the point is it's a real simple item, but could... You just got to change could, the could you, outlet. That catches the eye of a, uh, especially of a, especially you have a millennial buyer. Okay. Right. All right, number four, you and I both thought this was good, a mm-hmm. home office. Indeed, how many more people do we talk to or know, or right here at, at Acunet yeah. uh, headquarters, many more of our employees working remotely? It's it's great. It's becoming more commonplace, especially with younger professionals. So maybe if you have a three or a four bedroom home, you
0: convert or decorate one of those as a home office.
2: Right. Importantly, you, you have probably at least three bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that you can, you've got one or two bedrooms yeah. used as they're intended. Maybe you convert one to stage as a home office, a home if, office. If, it's actually, if it's not being used that way. All right. Getting down to the last minute of the show here. Energy-saving
0: appliances. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh, neutral colors. I like that one.
2: Well, and that's been tried true, and true yeah. for uh, baby boomers. Uh, Everybody. Uh, yeah. But don't make them work for it
0: you know don't right. make him have to imagine
2: grandma's purple bedroom and then uh <laughs> garage technology what does that mean well the, some of these newer uh, that the, the open door opener technology where again you're kind of that connectivity we talked about the whole house oh. connectivity you can, where you can, from your phone, you can close your garage door. Oh, or if you don't remember, you don't, if you closed it or not. You right, or you get an out. alert, you're at the office, you get an alert on your phone says, hey, your garage door's open, you can All close right. it from there. You know, that kind of thing. All right, so there you go. We're doing our little bit for sellers. Usually we focus on the buyers on the show. So the bottom
0: line takeaway, folks, rates are still great. Great opportunity to reconfigure uh, your balance sheet, balance sheet restructuring. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of people who got loans last year at 4.875 that could benefit from refinancing. Uh, 30-year fixed rates are in the high threes right now. And if you are out there shopping, you or somebody, you know, be sure to tell them about Acunet's rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval. You need it because this fall is still very competitive home shopping market. We'll be back here next week, same time, same channel. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.